too loud of headphones now. Keep talking. Too loud of headphones. Okay, that's better. Oh, perfect. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Funbox Hey-o. Monster Podcast. My name is Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And uh, for the second time tonight, <laughs> uh, we've had all sorts of uh, technical difficulties. Gremlins. Like, just straight up gremlins, and also some Portland. Yeah. Some Portland gremlins. Just and Portland. Holy fuck, I really got Portland tonight. Uh, <laughs> before we talk about our feature film, Waxwork, uh, one of my favorite movies, I just have to mention what happened tonight. This is just fucking nuts, man. <laughs> oh uh, no, you're you're going here? Well, I can't help it. Why wouldn't I? Uh, seriously, uh, Michelle doesn't listen to these. She won't. <laughs> she's the only one that'll get mad about this. Uh, holy fuck. I went home to get my notes for this thing. And I was gone. I was into. I parked in my parking space. I must have. It must have taken me maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half to get in and out of the house. Speaking of in and out, when I came back, I was blocked in by a station wagon with two people fucking in it. <laughs> I, was, I looked in. I couldn't really make out. I all I saw was like a shunt pile in the front seat, so I didn't know what I was really looking at. So I thought that I was looking at something I wasn't looking at, and then I looked in, and I looked way too long and way too close before I was like, hey, oh, that's great, but I need to leave. Um, I need to get my car out of here. So. I win. I just covered the shop while listening to the sweet band of yesteryear, Astratosphere. Oh, Astratosphere. I, oh, I love, love the them. Astratosphere. Yep. I saw two random weirdos boinking in a, uh, in a <laughs> crappy old car. I sold some D&D dice and jammed out. <laughs> Jiminy cricket uh anyway (laughs) portland really was portland today uh but waxwork however it's much more classy it's uh, honest to god waxwork (laughs) is much more classy than my day has been so far so you're not wrong uh so you want to just you want to just talk about it (laughs) so that i could stop thinking about the two weirdos having sex in my park brain bleach i really do i need some brain bleach and uh i think nothing could do that more then wax work. Uh, okay, so we get uh, a, a rendition of Benny Goodman's Sing, Sing, Sing with a swing. Hell of an open. Pretty great. Playing. We just see a guy getting beat up and shoved into a fireplace while so the most weird. upbeat song in the world plays. It's and it's like, so welcome weird. to the movie! <laughs> like, even to this day, I don't really know what was going on. I mean, I guess that was his grandfather, but I... That I, is exactly what it is. But I don't understand no, what that yeah, means. That is the flashback to his grandfather getting murdered and Lincoln stealing all of the, you know, that hand smashes that case. Yeah, That's yeah. taking all the trinkets that he's putting on the wax people to make all that shit happen. Holy shit, you got a lot more out of this than <laughs> I did. I did not, I didn't parse that out at all. I did upon the second viewing, yeah. Holy shit. Well, maybe I should have watched it twice. They don't make the the thing is though they don't they don't make the amulets obvious at all. No, they really it's not, don't. Like I cause on the second viewing, I was looking for that. Like I wanted to see the yeah. Phantom of the Opera mask. You know what I mean? The it's, but it's not. It's just like he huh. grabs a bunch of like costume jewelry, and it's like, yeah. If you haven't already watched this, it just it just doesn't make any sense, and you're not going to put it together when you finally find the origin of that either. Like, yeah, none of you're it not going to really... remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seeing a dude get his head set on fire was. I mean, probably the most surprising kill of many movies. It's a very, that is a very oddball one. Like, he wasn't set on fire. His face was set on fire. He just holds the guy's face in the fire, (laughs) and he burns his head, and he dies. Weird. That was a weird one, man. 
Uh, but and that's the first, literal first <laughs> minute of the movie. <laughs> Pretty strange. Uh, and then we get a really awesome waxwork graphic. It's nice. Yeah. And, it's quick and quick and dirty, but it's really it's very memorable and fun. Um, so we start off with uh, our main character, uh, Zach Gremlin, who's a total richer. Yes, he's a. So, which reminds me, I need to bring this up later or or earlier. So, okay, this movie ends with a sword fight. Yes. They establish that he's a rich guy. Yeah. Or you were you were under the same thing. Of the, how would he have any world, skill with a sword? Why in the world wouldn't you in Diego Montoya this situation where you have him at the end of this thing? I know I'm skipping all the way to the end. Yeah. But why wouldn't you have it so that he's like, oh, I'm getting beaten by by the by the Marquis de Sade. He's winning, and he's like, I didn't tell you. I was a, you know, I've been a fancy fencer because I'm rich as fuck. So yeah. of course I took fencing lessons. Yeah. You know, that was my first guess was that they that never, was they never they said it, but I was, I was going to think you were going to say, cause I was watching that and it's like, okay, the Marquis de Sade is already a swordsman. <laughs> right. You're this <laughs> pampered rich dude. Oh, he should have gotten his ass kicked ex- instantly. instantly. Yeah. I was like, how is this even a contest? <laughs> um, uh, the answer is, I think for a lot of the things, like how did he beat up the, uh, the guard? syphilis i think how did he, i think everybody in 17th century uh france had congenital syphilis everybody every single person <laughs> and if they didn't they had rickets or something like there was all sorts of horrible diseases going around at that point maybe they had the black plague maybe not in the 1700s anyway <laughs> but uh let's go it's uh, so they're having breakfast and they they do a like practically batman 88 joke yes. or 89 joke sitting at the long ass table but they have a huge actually it's kind of like this camera setup yeah, it where is I'm like, this. like literally looking we may as well get a vase of flowers while actually we're crossing my eyes to look at you between <laughs> yeah. this camera um and so he he can't see his mother or really hear her because of the giant <laughs> the giant vase that's yeah. there and uh and they have a they have a an antagonistic relationship the two of them and also, he's reading a Strange Tales comic, which I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> I saw that. That's the 1988 Strange Tales I, series. I know what comic books are. I, I, I <laughs> grasped just the edge of it, and I was like, I know exactly what that is. Um, not a very good series, though, by the way. Uh, anyway, they're arguing because he wants to have coffee, and yeah. his mom won't let him have coffee, and so he's like... Ugh. I hate this place. Nobody gives me anything I want. And he walks out the door and is met by his butler. Who instantly gives him coffee. And a cigarette. Yeah. Which, of all of the two things, probably the cigarette might be the more damaging of the two uh, mm-hmm. vices that his mother does not want him to have. But the but, the butler the butler hooks him up. And we see kind of, kind of why, especially near the end. They got, a, they got a little bond. I mean, they do have a bond, but it's also like... Uh, I, I guess it does make sense that he's in this like whatever the cult, this sort of like this, this group of oh, the people. grumpy old men <laughs> brigade. Yeah, the sort of <laughs> some sort of like elderly. I, oh my god, Patrick McNeese shows up. In the, like, <laughs> <laughs> he has that weird... one. It's just funny saying Patrick McNeese, McNeese shows up. I mean, two uh, driving this armored. Uh, camouflaged <laughs> wheelchair. That was the funniest thing. Yes. That was that was definitely a guar prop that <laughs> like got thrown away at some point. But it was it was very fun. Uh, anyway, so 
Uh, oh, and the other part of this is that, like, we're not set up to like Zach Galligan. Well, we're also not set up to not like him that much either. He's not... I mean, really? When he's yelling at his mom, I need the caffeine! <laughs> he sounds like such a whiny okay. little fuck. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just like, I want to slap him. And he really, like, he doesn't... Maybe I'm still just rocking on the Billy Peltzer vibes. I mean, that's the like, thing is that it's like all I can think of is Billy Peltzer. So yeah. I'm all of, but if you if you actually analyze him as a person who is outside of owning a gremlin, it's kind of a dumbass. Yeah. Um, but he did own that gremlin. <laughs> I do like that gremlin. I do like that gremlin. <laughs> the other thing that it does kind of remind me of is how that guy kind of got shafted in his career because he's like great actor. Good looking dude, like really good leading man, and yep. he just kind of like. Yeah, he didn't get a lot. Gremlins really just ruined him. He's just the guy from Gremlins, and there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, I, what are you gonna do? I mean, you were in one of the best movies ever made. You were in two, two of, of the, the best, best movies, movies ever made. made really, <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah, Jesus. At that point, why even bother? Why even do bother not doing discount anything? Gremlins too? I will never discount Gremlins too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I still do like Gremlins 1 more because it's more Christmassy. Uh, but And it was my first favorite movie, I think. I think it's the first movie that I was ever obsessed with. Uh, the 19-whatever-little-shop-of-horrors, the old yep. black-and-white one. We watched... Uh, that we, was we, the first one. I saw Gremlins for the first time at summer camp when we had a rain Whoa. day. We had, we had a rain out, you know what I mean? And they're like, okay, let's hook up a TV and we'll watch that. And uh, this, the Santa Claus story of her dad getting stuck <laughs> in the chimney... I was just, I was not ready for that. <laughs> and I just went home being like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just all I could picture was, you know what, it, and you know what? And it also bothers me in the Grinch cartoon when the Grinch goes in the chimney and he gets stuck for a minute. <laughs> Fair. Because I just start thinking about that and like, just something about getting stuck in a chimney just like wrecks me. Well, it would be horrifying. Yeah. I mean, of, of all the ways to die, it's definitely not on my list of ways I want to go. And in Christmas Evil, when he gets himself stuck, I know he's going to get out of it, but I'm just like, oh, come on. Pull yourself up, buddy. <laughs> so true. Anyway, all right. So we see our two main female leads for the first time, and uh, they are uh, they're walking to school. But first, they take a quick stop by the local waxworks. Yes, that has just uh, apparently appeared there. Yeah, they say they've never noticed it before. It's true. Uh, it, which is weird because this movie doesn't do one of those disappearing house things you know what i mean like, oh yeah 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 absolutely. but like where'd this come from <laughs> it's such a strange building like it looks like it's straight out of a renaissance fair like it's a big stone british looking yeah. building it does not look like it belongs anywhere um so it's it's very strange when it shows up and it's also it's also strange to me that you could talk to a teenager in the mid 80s and say it's a waxworks and they would go, Instantly know. oh, one of those. Yeah. You know, one of those things that all the yeah. teens are talking about. It's like... There's like 10 waxworks in the city, and they're all like in the city. What are you doing here in the suburbs, dude? Like, even that term is like British. It's not yeah. really... If you said a wax, wax museum, museum, that would make... If someone had said yep. a wax museum, I could see the teens going, oh, a wax museum, like... Uh, a waxwork, what? I, yeah, what the fuck? Waxworks does not does not trigger anything in my mind usually. Like, yep. if I had heard someone say waxworks as a teenager, I'd be like, I don't. Do they make? I candles? probably wouldn't even know what. Yeah, I would presume yeah. they made candles or like just boiled paraffin for no reason. Uh, but these kids, they are 
boosters for the old waxworks because they know exactly what it is. They're like, wow, look at this handsome man. Uh, line definitely written by David Warner. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I like I like how he pops up here. He's got a real Wonka vibe to him in a way. He's got the craziest fucking <laughs> outfit. That outfit is bonkers. Hey, we don't... We closed, man. We're closed. Stop that. Stop. Oh my god, it won't let me shut <laughs> it off. Anyway. It's David Warner. It's David Warner from <laughs> Back from the Grave. He wants to talk to me about how I, how I insulted his outfit. Uh, anyway. Okay, so... Um, let's see. We've got... He invites them to a... Special, special grand opening party. at the waxwork at midnight that night. Yes. And and they're just like, cool beans. They're like, who's this attractive man in the mustard yellow pants with the purple cravat? <laughs> and the, like, <laughs> he's dressed like if the Joker was colorblind. <laughs> it's pretty cool <laughs> overall. Anyway, but yes, uh. They're going to look at wax dummies at midnight. I mean, what kid wouldn't want to do that? Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. You could be out doing anything. You could be having sex in a car in a parking lot. God, I can't get it out of my head. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just burned into my brain. Just two random weirdos fucking in my parking lot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just think of a stratosphere. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, uh, I, I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, no, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you were in there for a minute. <laughs> I was in their car for two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, got hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> seem to be going to town there. Could you move your car? <laughs> I need to go back and record a podcast about the movie Waxworks. Have you seen the movie Waxworks? I'm the Cincinnati kid. <laughs> oh, shit. Aren't you 50? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, whatever. Hip dummy party. See you at midnight, kids. Yeah. Come see the dummies. Uh, and so, later that day, the... Uh, all of the all of the friend group all dressed kind of new wavy they look like a little new wave group uh they sit in the bleachers and talk about how mark is in pain and this was very strange because there's a there's a setup for a callback here that does not work with the uh that's gotta hurt that's gotta hurt yeah it's like they do it several times you failed so badly When they when they finally I can't even remember where it is. We'll get to it, but they fail so miserably to make that callback land when they do the that's gotta hurt. But it's fine. We'll get to it anyway. They say it like fifty times, <laughs> and uh, so um, oh, also before this, Zach Galligan goes to class and he learns about the Second World War. And we have this. Nazi teacher, like, character who doesn't really go anywhere. He's got a Nazi flag, a German accent, and a bad habit of accidentally sig heiling when he's really angry. (laughs) I was surprised he wasn't... I was surprised that he wasn't part of the old men group at the end. He wasn't, was he? No, I mean... It's like, why would they set up... Why would they make this distinct Nazi weird-ass teacher but don't go anywhere with that there was no payoff for him at There's, all yeah i don't know it's it's some sort they, of they even had that subplot where he's like he assigned him the essays and 
they had that bit where he was trying to get the servant to write yep. the essay for him, but like, she didn't speak English. And, yeah, and yeah, it was just like this. But none of that went nope anywhere. It didn't. The only, I mean, the payoff was the joke that she actually did a really good job, even though she didn't speak English. And it was like, <laughs> I she guess didn't I, really do that good of a job. Like dictators are bad, and they have mustaches. <laughs> I, I mean, he. Well, maybe he's an idiot. I mean, we she's not wrong. We, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if Zach Galligan's a complete moron, though, mm-hmm. because he easily could be, and that could be the problem. Because he read it and he was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he saw mustaches are bad and Hitler is bad and said, man, it's cool. Anyway, uh, later that day, uh, the, uh, do, 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 oh, there's lots of 80s sex talk in that that whole thing, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, there's a whole thing between Zach and a girl named China. Yeah, and, and we find out that she's dating the high school the football, football jock. jock guy, and that's he comes in, He comes important. in for something later. Just to be an extra Just victim. Just to be an extra victim that we don't even see get killed. Yeah. It was kind of weird. It was very strange. Oh, yeah, he... He came in and he saw no, the phantom gets, thing, right? Doesn't he... Oh, maybe... He, he calls his girlfriend's mom at, like, midnight. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, they, the and cop gets killed accidentally. Acts like it's normal. Yeah. That was Then the football okay. player goes there and he's like, Oh, it's the phantom of the opera. He's like, yeah, take a look. Boop, boop. And it's like, okay, what? Why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> very strange. Um, so, uh, China isn't into Mark anymore. She needs a man with a little je ne sais quoi. Zach doesn't even know what that means. You don't even speak French. You don't even understand it. Uh, and she just wants to find somebody who speaks French. Setting up that no one who speaks French could be a bad man. Um, dun, dun, dun. Mm. Uh, and they head off to one of those waxwork parties that all the kids are about. And, uh. It's spooky. They're all too scared to go in. They're all, come on. But then a little guy in a tuxedo shows up and says, come on in. He's got a weird European. This guy is awesome. <laughs> He's got the strangest, like, Bulgarian accent, like weird little European, Eastern European accent that I couldn't quite place. Fun fact. He plays Alf when you see Alf's full body running around. One of the things that I like least of all in the world seeing Alf's full body running around. Really? I hate it so much. Oh, I love it. It's always a, it's a special treat. <laughs> it's, it it's, doesn't happen that often. It's true. I'm also not a fan of seeing Muppets moving on their own as well. When they're like, look, they're riding a bicycle. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, that always does look the weird. Whole, the whole point is that I don't see the rest of them. I don't want to see their, their feet. Nope, you're mm. ruining it. You're ruining it for me. Stop. I don't want to see the legs <laughs> of Muppets. Um... So they, he does a weird thing. So he puts on like a really odd little performance where he kind of does like a little, little, not like a dance, but like, yeah, but like a, 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 choreogra- a choreographed, choreographed like intro. Yeah. And then another butler comes out who a is very a gigantor, like Lurch. Yep. Which sets up problems later that they clearly didn't plan for when they're framing scenes. Because as soon as those two are in the same room together yep. and they need to frame a scene, it's like, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll do, uh, and they never quite get it right. I don't know if like, and you can't just put the the, the little guy on a box either. Like, 
Tom Cruise style here. Yes, you could. It's, it's going to be so obvious. I mean, wrong. it's just very strange because those like those later scenes, there's only like one or two of them when the yeah. two of them are together. But I mean, but you've they, got like a super tall man and then you've got one of the world's yeah. smallest people. One of yeah. the tallest people and one of the smallest people in the same same shot. Yeah. That's going to look very, very difficult. I like when he yells at the tall guy. Because the tall guy comes in with the drinks, he's like, you're supposed to wait till I ring the bell! Like, like <laughs> yeah. he had all this, like, rehearsed and everything just for... Just to murder these just kids. Just to murder these kids, yeah. They're not going to go home and leave a review or anything, like... But he, <laughs> he takes pride in his work. He does. You know, I appreciate that about him. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. They, uh, they go in, and it's just like... The, the door opens, and they go in, and there's a bunch of vignettes in this big open room of let's say wax even though there's not a single wax figure in the entire place they're all played by people yeah like and everybody and also everybody just slightly moves when we see them that's the only one of my very few peeves about this movie i guess actually it's not really a peeve because it's i think it has become part of what i like about the movie Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i'm like man it's so weird that you chose to frame people in this way where they have to be holding their their arms up. And which would which would make a move it's more, like, you mean? This is making you move the most. Yeah, but it's it looks like, dynamic. Well, but, sure it looks dynamic, but it also looks like you're moving. Like yeah. you are a moving person and you're not a waxwork. I I don't know if it would have looked better if they'd had makeup for them so that they looked less human. So that there was something to them that kind of did like a cell shaded. It's a shame they didn't have the money to actually make the wax dummies of, of the people. That would been that would have been great. That would have but. been phenomenal. But of course they didn't have that kind of money. That would be an an obvious huge waste of oh, money yeah. for a movie like this. I mean, the movie is great and it's wonderful oh, yeah. and looks great as it is. But I I can't help but wonder what it would be like if they had chosen different things. Really, it's not that I would want them to do anything different. It's just. It would be interesting to know what it would look like if yep. they had done like a makeup treatment to people or posed them in ways that their arms were braced so that they weren't constantly vibrating. Yeah. But, you know, you can't have everything. Nope. Uh, so there's a mummy and a freak show and a werewolf. and. Did you know they were supposed stuff. to be Jason Voorhees? No. Yeah, they originally not. wanted the Friday the 13th exhibit. <sighs> but that got switched out for Phantom of the Opera there because I couldn't get rights obviously to that yeah considering remember remember when he was like looked at the phantom of the opera mask and he's like oh is that the actual mask from the from the movie like that was supposed to be like is that the actual jason mask from the movie because it was supposed to be jason there that's too bad i also i found that really interesting because i guess that's just an accident then because him talking about the phantom of the opera that jock later on when he goes into all of this detail he's like Oh, they made a they made a movie of the Phantom of the Opera. You know, David Warner says that line yeah. and he's like, "Oh, they made several. They made this one and he had like kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of yeah. the Phantom of the Opera remakes." And I was like, "Oh, that's a fairly classy unusual thing to put on this jock." And then if it was Friday the 13th, yeah. Especially in the 80s, oh, that yep. would seem de classe, so it would make sense that he would be the person who would know that. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I know every yeah. single one of those I can movies. name every kill. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Then he would seem like a dumbass uh, like us. Yeah. Yep, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but we wouldn't want to have him seem like a dumbass like us. 
So I wouldn't uh, want to wish that on anybody. Wouldn't wish that on anybody. So we get Tony, who's played by Dana Ashbrook, aka Bobby from Twin Peaks. Uh, he's losing his lighter. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he was looking at the werewolf thing, and he loses his lighter. Whoops. So he steps in, and we get the our first example of the wavy yep. force field effect. And that he gets teleported in. into the diorama, and he's just part of. In a different world now, with different clothes and different hair. Yep. And I love this line here, where he's just like, uh, "All right, w- which one of you put acid in my drink again?" <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I uh, is that maybe that's not nobody really, does that. It's not really a pet peeve of mine that uh, that people say that where they they're like acid i can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy on acid like i've never taken enough acid that that would be a question but i feel like you wouldn't be lucid enough to anyone who did know yeah the difference between reality and a high dose of acid uh you know that you're lucid uh but you know it's one of those things people, people say in movies uh, anyway, he he emerges in the woods and he's got like time time period appropriate outfit. He's got like a page boy with a little ponytail. He looks like he looks kind of like Gaston from yep. Beauty and the Beast. And uh, we see that there's a full moon out in the distance. Uh, he talks to himself a whole bunch about a bunch of dumb things. He's just constantly monologuing the entire time. Well, he constantly, he starts thinking he's been hypnotized or something. So he's like, all right, hypnotist, like, uh, what should I do? And I kind of love how this scene, like, might have not worked. Um, Because he gets to the door, and he knocks on it, and the guy's like, go away! What if he was just like, okay. Like I would have (laughs) been? Yeah. Like like most people would have been? Which is weird, because he's just like, come on, let me... Okay, guys, I'm going in. It's a good thing. I was thing. like, you just got told to scram twice. It's Why would you be like, I'm going in? It's a good thing you're a rich, privileged prick. Because the rest of us would assume that we're going to get shot by a dude with a shotgun in the woods. Yeah. Whereas you're like, everything is mine. And if he walked away, he would probably just walk right out of the barrier again and be yeah. back with his friends. But <laughs> well, you know, there you go. That's, that's like, your, I'm going in. That's your horror movie dumbass getting yep. his comeuppance, really. <laughs> Um, and he definitely is like the first one that you're like, okay, just kill this dude. Yeah. He is fucking annoying. Uh, but he gets in there and we find probably one of my favorite actors who has like, he's got a 800 Nic- credits to his name. Yeah. But also like a Nicholas Cage level of like making interesting choices I'll do in anything. his career. <laughs> right. Like he's in some of the most prestigious roles, some of the most successful movies, and some of the biggest garbage piles the world yeah. has ever seen. You're talking he about He surprisingly showed up in Chupacabra Terror, where oh. there was a Chupacabra on a cruise ship. Seriously. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like dude You can't be surprised. <laughs> you were you were fucking gimli. You were in Raiders of the Lost Ark and you were in Grizzly 2 doing that role in Grizzly 2, which is, I would say, if you haven't seen Grizzly 2 or listened to our podcast about it, you should probably go back and watch Grizzly 2 or at least least look online for all of his parts in that because he was the saving grace of that movie. Yep. Playing a fake French Canadian pretending to be a Native American. I completely forgot about that. His whole deal was that he was—he had gone crazy and started dressing like a Native American. We were just told that he was Native American, and then it looked like they'd kind of tried to fix it up by pretending that he was—that was a character choice. Oh, loved it. Anyway, 
so yes, uh, we go into uh, he he leaves after uh, after a few seconds, and then Tony's like, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with this guy for a while. Like yeah. he tells him to leave again, and he like goes out, and then he comes back, and he's like, oh, he goes and gathers wood. For that's him. right, he gra- he gathers wood. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, and so he gets wood, so to speak, and uh, we've got John Rhys Davies totally werewolfing, making all the werewolf noises in the world. Anyone would go, that dude's turning into a werewolf, and this guy's like, I'm coming in! I'm coming Again. in! <laughs> and he looks at him, and he's like, wow, turning into a werewolf, huh? <laughs> cool. And of course he does. Uh, and... Goodness, this werewolf looks great. Oh, he does. I, it's such a it's such a cool choice to make him have those weird ears. Mm-hmm. Like it's such an odd werewolf. And he's like blue. He's very blue. Yeah, yeah he's a very blue werewolf. But uh, this is oh, that's right. This is where the uh, this is where the callback is because he sees him changing. And uh, no, no, it's not how it happens. He yeah. he watches him change. The hunter comes in, yep. shoots him. And in the scuffle during all of this, Tony gets bitten. Yep. And Tony starts wolfing out after a few minutes. And he says about himself, ooh, that's got to hurt, which is so nonsensical. Yeah. You are experiencing this moment. You are weird ass wolf metamorphosis. You are literally (laughs) here. You know whether it hurts or not. You're not. Yeah, it's not. I, like they should have saved that line for Zach to say at the end after what's his nuts fell in the wax pool. That would have made sense. Sure, <laughs> that would have been fine. I mean, or I mean, even if he'd said it about John Reese Davies, yeah, getting shot that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's ooh, not... ooh, that's gotta hurt or myself even... at this moment. <laughs> or even, ooh. This does hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, at least it's kind of a kind of not a, perfect, but a, no, better, better, because <laughs> that makes no sense, no sense. Anyway, the hunter shoots him before he goes full wolf, and then uh, we cut back outside to Mark walking past the display, and we see the end end result of that diorama. Yep, and so music. and that's how it goes: is that people on the outside, as soon as someone is killed magically transforms into their death scene uh and this brings us to something that we were talking about before like earlier today which is this movie basically is set up like an anthology is it an anthology it's i mean i i definitely go with the idea that it's not yeah but it because it's the same movie the same actors and all this you know whatever but this is like a framework for an anthology, and it's crazy to me that they went the route of doing a sequel instead of trying to pitch a TV series. This would have been a great TV series. It seems like a no-brainer to try and get your own version of like a Tales from the Crypt or whatever. Yes, I mean, I collect anthology TV shows. Like, yeah. I would buy this. If you made a waxwork the TV show, give me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Anyway, okay. There's still time. There's still time. Uh, all right. So China sees a wax dummy of a man, and she's like, "Ooh, wax dummy man! I can't resist." Is that Ator fighting Eagle? Oh my goodness! I, <laughs> I must see this man. Uh, and of course, it is it is Ator himself, Miles O'Keefe, uh, and he's uh, looking all hot and vampire-y. 
and because she, he's Dracula. Because he's Dracula. <laughs> um, which, at the end, the, the fact that all of the universal monsters are there and they're displayed to have all of these, the abilities that they would have in their in their respective movies. Yep. Definitely makes the ending of this movie less realistic, less realistic, less, uh, more, just stranger to believe that a bunch of old men with clubs killed Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dracula. It's like Dracula literally turns into a bat at one point. And he still gets caught. He still gets killed. (laughs) Yeah, go (laughs) up, dude. (laughs) Turn into mist, by the way. You know, of all the tricks that you have, dude. (laughs) <laughs> Go with mist. I'm going to say that's the one. Um, or, you know, a, a flock of, of bats or candy turned into multiples of things. I don't know. Dracula. Lots of rats. Because and, I don't really like Dracula. And I don't really like I this. This is a nitpick of my here's I have a couple nitpicks here in this movie, okay. but it's not the movie's fault. It's yeah, mine. Yeah. Like, I don't like gothic Dracula. Mm. This whole scene here is a yeah. turnoff to me. Like the cocky. Slow talking, quiet, sit down for dinner at my castle. Like, I hate that shit. So I, this whole scene, I'm just like, fuck, move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. But I also think it's funny because, to me, I know Miles O'Keefe from his sword and sandals roles. Yeah. So all I can think of is him, like, in a loincloth, swinging a giant sword with, like, long, like, ridiculous, like, 80s metal hair. Yep. Uh, See, and, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. So. He was he was in a series called Ator Fighting Eagle. You might remember the Mystery Science Theater episode Cave Dwellers that he was in. That was an old Joel episode. But it's, yeah, he was he was in a Sword and Sandals series okay. called Ator. And it was very stupid. And he yep. just was nothing but abs. Like, that <laughs> dude was just, like, abs and, and pretty much abs and a sword. Yep. And he was awesome at doing that so <laughs> thinking of him as dracula just makes me laugh yep so i enjoyed him as that and also all of this shtick is wonderfully ridiculous yeah <laughs> especially when they're so there's a bunch of hot ladies and a couple dudes sitting around a table and obviously they're vampires I mean, we we know from the beginning and yet they're gonna let this play out painfully long where they're like Oh, do you like raw meat? And it's like, here's a pile of raw meat. Yeah, I haven't had steak tartare in a very wow. long time. And it's like, I would, of course, I'll eat it because she's trying to, she's trying to be down. Yep. And so they put a bloody bowl of like it's mostly blood and Dude, little how chunks. How in the world would she get all that down? But she does. Like, if you were just to eat raw meat covered in blood, you would be. She only eats, I could enjoy She it. only eats a little piece. She ate the whole thing. Did she? She cleaned her plate. Oh, maybe. Th- <laughs> and you could be vomiting. <sighs> Who knows? I, I don't know what she eats normally. Yeah. She might be a liver king type where mm. she's just eating raw meat all day long and pretending to not be on steroids. Um, that's a very niche joke. Anyway. But yeah, uh, this scene goes on forever. It goes on forever. But, the, but uh, what I like is that she's already got this pile of blood and meat. And they're like. Maybe you'd like some of the sauce. (laughs) And they kind of snicker because everything is like, oh, we're really going to put one over on her. And it's like, 
it's just more blood, dude. The thing was full of blood. There was a cup of blood in there, and you put an extra (laughs) half cup of blood on it. It's not like... (laughs) It just just seemed weird to me, because she's like, I haven't had steak tartare for a while, but it wouldn't just taste like raw blood like that. Like, you you would taste blood and be, ugh. And she doesn't even, like, wince. No, she's she's just... I mean, probably some of this is hypnosis because Dracula is clearly hypnotizing her. Or Dracula, as I said before, which is a Dracula that lives in your drapes, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I can't fucking talk. It's been a weird day. (laughs) Today has been so fucking weird. You still have to leave this place again. Uh, I don't want to. (laughs) I think I'm going to sleep here. I have to leave and it's going to be dark out. I yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what I come home mm. to. <sighs> okay, where are we? Oh, also one of the women is named Karinga, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, oh, I didn't even mention the dude that brings her the fucking blood sauce has a, has a painted on mustache. Like... Like Groucho Marx, <laughs> only it's not painted like normally. It's like a like big curly mustache yep. painted in grease paint. That is bonker doodles. Mm. Um, but that's fine. Uh, anyway, it's just a very strong choice by the filmmaker yeah. to to not only use a fake mustache, to, but a grease paint mustache. He must have meant something by it. Like there has to have been a reason why they did that. Just like it's, another. It's just very deep symbolism. Well, I don't think it's symbolism. I think it's just <laughs> surrealism. I think yep. he's just trying to make it even weirder than it already was. Because there is a little bit of that. Like it's got a little bit of that like German expressionist like weirdness to it. Yep. So that's kind of fun. Um Okay, so Miles O'Keefe sends her to her room, and she's not surprised that she has a room, that she's in a medieval castle, or that she's got whatever. She's just yeah, down she's to clown. Just like, cool. She is Guess whatever. I'll check out my wardrobe. <laughs> Might as well. And then Ludwig the butler leads her in. She's got crazy Victorian clothes. She's fondling them when Miles O'Keefe's son, the son of Dracula as we find out later, comes in and wants to bite her. What? These people are vampires? This comes out of left field. (laughs) Um, And so she runs off, and then we get probably one of the scenes that has stuck in my head since... The White Room. The first time I saw this movie. When I saw this again, I didn't remember this was in this movie. Oh, Because I haven't seen Waxwork in ten years, maybe. And... I had forgotten that this was part of this movie. And then this scene happened and I was like, oh, this movie. (laughs) It was like, yep, I remember this. I like, I remember where I was. I remember that I watched this on Showtime the first time I saw it. And this scene was just like, like I must've been like fucking 12 or something. I, however old I would have been in like 1988 or Mm. 89 or whenever this thing came out. Uh, Yeah. And it, it's just this stark white room with a man chained down to a table and his leg has been eaten down to the bone. The rest of him is completely untouched, yep. but he just has completely defleshed right down. All you can see is the bone and then just chunks of meat on the side. Now, I understand for the scene, the white room plays into it quite a bit for contrast's sake, you know. Yes. Especially when the blood starts flowing everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. I find the room weirdly too modern for the scene. Like, the table's all white. The wall is, like, all 
pristine bricks all white but they're in like an ancient castle like it does not scream castle yeah. basement at all for this kind of thing so i just just a just an observation I'm like i don't care the scene's still <laughs> awesome but it's just i just found the the room look a little strange yeah it's i mean it is definitely a i mean modern to like the 1900s modern for well maybe even the 1800s dude it, it almost looks like a 2001 spaceship interior oh, sure that's sure. what i'm but that's it, what i'm saying but it looks it, it definitely looks exactly like an embalming room like that could have been a victorian era embalming okay. room as well um the place uh the place up the street here uh there's this massive massive building that went on the market that we had that used to be a used to be a funeral home yep and we found out that one of our friends was like, you know, you can just go set up a thing and pretend that you're going to actually go look at it and buy it. Yeah. And we were like, let's go do that. So we went in and they took us into the embalming room because it was like the whole thing was for sale. Yeah. And it looked exactly like. That. Oh, wow. It was just stark white with like drains in the floor. And yeah. it was like, oh, it, that's weird. And they had like a corpse elevator because like you need to be able to wheel a coffin into it and like bring oh, it up yeah. and down. I never thought about that until I saw this building. Huh. But yeah, it's like, yeah, that thing looked, because when I was in there, all I could think of was it looks like I'm in the 1500s. Yeah. So that was, so it's weird that you said that because this, Interesting. Okay. the actual embalming room that looked like that room to me looked really old. Huh. But yeah. So maybe I'm just full of donkey dust. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> All I know is that you should have come with us when we went to look at the I know, I want to see the it, old man. funeral home. Yeah, now it's like a fucking million dollar condos in that thing. Of course it is. The place was $1 million at the time. This gigantic gigantic building. Mm-hmm. And Michelle and I were like, is there some way we could figure that out? Yeah, right. <laughs> like no, there is no, no. Way. there's no way we could make that work. <laughs> Literally no. That's absolutely insane. Uh, anyway, so he's, he can still feel pain in this exposed area of his leg, which comes in, into some very wonderful, gallows humor, dark humor here when people fall on him and he well, just and a rat squinting. starts eating his shin too. <laughs> oh my God. And she knocks the rat off. She's like, Hey, Hey, come on. <laughs> no, no more of this. Uh, but then, uh, eventually Dracula's son finds finds her down there and he takes a he pulls a piece off the leg and eats it and he's he's screaming just need a little appetizer (laughs) oh it's so 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 very gross um and then he chases her around a little bit we get a little bit of that stuff and uh there's some there's some shtick with the the bones where he where the the vampire falls over the table and he lays across the leg (laughs) screaming oh god uh, and then she tries to stab the vampire with a knife that's just sitting there, but he's a vampire. Well, she does stab him, and he's like, well, nah, yeah, yeah, boop, right. and he pulls she, the knife out, and then he sticks the knife in the uh, oh. in the guy on the table. It's like, uh, <laughs> just don't put this here in your leg for a little insult bit. Insult to injury on that <laughs> poor dude. Uh, and uh, But then she's like, aha, I have a plan, and she turns it into a crucifix and uses it with another knife. And the guy says, put it on his forehead. And she does. And his head disintegrates. It just collapses like a rotten pumpkin. Looks great. Yeah, it's just beautiful. But then the vampire babes show up. Yep. Then you get the daughters of Dracula showing up. And then we get, because you can't kill anyone the same way twice in a horror movie. This is very fun. Even though she had the option to 
crucifix these two as well. We just get several very fun kills. We here. just get this complete bloodbath too. They just yeah, go yeah. overboard oh. as all hell in this white room, spraying so it good. everywhere. And one vampire girl actually gets thrown through champagne <sighs> bottles. That's so fun. Which just start pouring out of her chest. Which I mean, I love. that effect is just like they must have been so proud because yep. when the po- when the corks start popping in her chest, like they're they're all the way through, and then it actually starts pouring out of the. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Just genius. I was so, so impressed. That was such a fun effect. There are so many. The effects in this movie are so phenomenal. And they're like, this movie is, the effects are so masterful that they're actually like, like showing off. Like there are things that they're doing where you could just do the effect, but then they're like, no, no. It's like magicians who are like, no, no. Sure, that would be the trick for a hack. Yep. But here's the trick. And then here's how we're going to do it. And it's like three levels more complicated. Later on, you'll see it with the the hand grabbing onto Zach Galligan, where yep. it's like, oh, look, he's got the fake hand thing. And then it flips over and you're like, oh, wait, what? What the <laughs> fuck? It flips over to the other hand and you're like, how the fuck did you do yeah. that? <laughs> that is so good. And uh, there's also just so many creatures mm, in this. It's, so it's, many. It's, I can't think of anything save for... Uh, uh, Neon cab- Maniacs? No, Cabin in the oh, Woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. That brought this many different styled creatures yeah. together at once. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. even Neon Maniacs was just... Yeah. That, they that, tri- that, that, Neon Maniacs tried. I mean, that's that's commendable. They, I mean, it's there. They just ran out of money. Yeah. But, but yeah. this is just as absurd as Cabin in the Woods is with every different creature from every different kind of story and genre and everything all together in one room. Yeah, no, amazing. Amazing, amazing. Uh, okay, so... Um, let's see. Oh, that's right. And she, she, as she's leaving after killing all the, all of the ladies, I can't remember how she kills the second one because it's only two of them that she kills, right? Oh, she breaks up that chair leg and she has wooden stakes. That's right. Speaking of, can I just, just for vampires, just like a note to vampires, if there are any vampires listening, if you have a medieval castle, I don't know, plastic furniture. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Stone furniture. Anything but wooden furniture. Don't have breakable wooden furniture. If you're going to have wooden furniture, make it very hard to break. Like clearance at Ikea was just too much to resist. <laughs> Log cabin style. If you're going to have it make the like really big yeah. and like just very difficult to break apart. It's just just a heads up. I think you're going to, you're going to thank me for it in the long run. Anyway, so guy on the table is now a vampire. He hisses at her on the way out the door. And she's like, Whoa, and runs out. Uh, she books it, but Count Sexy Pants is blocking the way out. And she feels compelled to give herself to him. And he gets his way. Because he looks like a less ridiculous Fabio. Yeah. So she's like, less ridiculous Fabio. Let's get it on. I kind of hate how the scene ends. I mean, I know what needs to happen, but like. It just, it feels anticlimactic after Agreed. that gigantic bloodbath. And then you're like, okay, she's going to get away. And it's like, oh, nope, I get bit in the neck slowly and end scene. Because like, she's what? not dead. I mean, I, the problem is that, like, it's such a gray area. Being turned into a vampire, being undead, mm-hmm. as opposed to being dead, is like... You've got a magic spell here that requires killing someone in each of these things. And it's like, well, you turned them. 
they're still existing. Huh. Like, I don't yeah, like. You're right. It feels like it, that wasn't even my complaint, but yeah. yeah I but totally that's what you. it feels yeah. like to me. Is it's just like, well, then did you actually complete the spell? Well, it, that's what I was saying <laughs> about the first spell. Like, what you know, go away. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Wait, wait, that's not what's supposed to happen. I mean, come in. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I forgot my line. <laughs> That is weird that he says go away. But yeah. I mean, I guess that's what a werewolf should say. Um, anyway, okay, so where are we? She gets bit and we go back to the waxwork and now Zach and I don't know what's her nuts are looking for uh, anything. Va- Deborah Foreman from Valley Girl. Yes. Uh, yes. So she, we see the first inkling that she's got some sort of uh, BDSM fetish. Or that is crush on the Makita side, yeah. She, I mean, clearly she has, like, a, a bizarre S&M fetish. Like, a, a level beyond beyond, because it felt like she was even more hypnotized than the woman who's literally being hypnotized by Dracula. Yeah. Just the idea of being... I kind of wasn't a fan of this whole motif. I was not a fan of this I, I don't either. enjoy watching it. Especially because <laughs> what I... I mean, I feel like the movie's too silly for yes. something that was as vicious as this. And also because it just was a very... It was a profoundly weird reading of BDSM. It was also like... It was like, okay... I agree 100%. She's like... Boy, I just want to get beaten to death? Yeah. No, you don't. No. That doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, I, I don't think that was what... I don't think that there are a lot of people out there who have that. I mean, if she does have a fetish to be beaten to death, that is a very particular, very, like, 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% <laughs> of the population. And they probably don't live very long if that's... it. <laughs> It's like being sexually attracted to fire. It's like, you're not going to make it very far. (laughs) Like, that's going to wipe out your gene pool pretty quickly. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I've created an animal that is sexually attracted to nuclear explosions. (laughs) Oh, great. Oh, damn it. (laughs) It's not not good. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, they go back into the waiting room. Uh, and oh, the the velvet rope magically drops, but Mark drags her back yep. before she can go in. And uh, they go back to the waiting room. They interrogate the little person about their missing friends. He's told they left. Yep. And they just assume that their dink friends bailed on them and yep. abandoned them. So they're like, "Fuck this, let's go." And as they're leaving, the dumb football guy that's dating Charlie's ex calls someone, finds out about the party at the waxwork, and then. That's Again, when, this seems so weird because, like, he's calling. They're in high school. He's calling yep. this girl's parents, or are they in college? No, it must be high school. I have no idea. But either way, he's calling this girl's house at well after midnight. Yeah, it's very. You don't strange. do that, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what the deal was here. But yes, he calls somebody, finds out about the party. And then goes in, and that's when we get all those weird comments about the Phantom of the Opera and all that stuff. Uh, David Warner makes a dumb joke about how they'll make a movie about anything these days. It's a, it's one of those, it's one of those jokes that they make. uh, That it's so close to, 
It feels like I'm in a bad movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this one works for me. I don't care. It's like. it's better than it's better than I feel like I'm in a, a stupid horror yeah. movie. Uh okay, so Sarah nearly smooches Mark as she's going on. They're waiting outside of her apartment building and she's like, No, I can't. I'm looking for something else. <laughs> like something French that will whip me to death. <laughs> And so she runs back to her apartment. Mark lights a cigarette and looks disappointed. And when we get back, we get that kind of weird, kind of uncomfortable joke about the uh, about the the maid not being able to yeah speak English very well. Yeah, he's and, got the, the the maid of the house trying to write his dictator essay for the Hitler character that we're <laughs> never going to really do anything with. It's just what is all of this? I don't know. I feel like I feel like some people just like saw Mel Brooks movies and were like Hitler's funny yeah and it's like mm, no well, Hitler's funny when Mel Brooks does springtime for Hitler in Germany yep uh, as the worst possible idea that anybody had that doesn't mean that Hitler is funny just <laughs> as a just as a reference and here's the thing this movie's like an hour and 40 minutes I feel like this could have been trimmed down a little like lose this football player subplot because oh, we never absolutely. even saw the football player's death yeah, you know what I mean. Was, he was, he was like, pointless, he was, but I I do understand. All of that was pointless. This joke with the maid, the the further the scene where he comes into yeah. class and he's just like he does that fake sick thing, like oh I need you to come with me fast. Like all uh, that could have just been completely so cut out. Yeah, so stupid. Um, it ruins it from being a perfect movie. <laughs> well, a couple uh, things do, in my opinion, but I still do. I still do funny. love this movie. I pretty much, I pretty much would call this a perfect movie in a I lot would, of ways. I would not, because there's things that I don't find perfect. There are things that I find <laughs> annoying about it, but I think that I think that it all works together to yeah. make a pretty, a pretty decently cohesive. Oh, movie. I do love the movie. Um, but, but yeah, a perfect movie has to be perfect and, and tick all my boxes, and this one just has a few things it's that I, be like, I do not like. So, right, it's like, like Bikini Car Wash, for example, is a perfect movie. Perfect movie. <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever seen Bikini. God, Car I haven't Wash. seen it since I was ten. Yeah. When we were trying to do the, uh, when we were trying to look for like some sort of summer bikini movie. Yep. I watched like five minutes of like uh, Malibu Bikini Shop. It was. I watched Malibu Bikini Shop, and I went, "Oh, this is this is not appropriate I anymore." Mean, like so, like so many of those movies were inappropriate. Yeah, like, they all are. They're, like all of that is like it's like oh there are things in here that are now like federal crimes yeah. you know that are like treated as like cute whatever that would like put you on a fucking federal watch list yeah but that one was like oh my god it was just hey non-stop. let's put in a two-way mirror in the changing room and record everybody and i was like Wee! i don't know that we can discuss this movie in any way that's going to be at all interesting and not upsetting so let's just do something else and turned out that hard bodies was the closest thing to a, <laughs> a responsible a, movie that's a damn perfect movie it was pretty good it was pretty fun uh anyway okay so next day mark calls around and he can't find any of his friends from the night before Dun, dun, dun. Um, we already know that. So Mark goes to the police and this, to further the idea that this is kind of a comedy as well, the guy's got six styrofoam cups of coffee on his desk. <laughs> he's super high strung. He acts like a maniac all the time. He's chain smoking constantly. He's just chain smoking. He's drinking way, way too much coffee and he is just out of his fucking mind every moment he yells about everything he has no i thought that i thought this was actually in for for a character that is 
as subtle as a brick to the teeth, I thought it was a very smart, jokey version of yep. a character. I thought I thought it was fun to have him in this, but uh, but it's also kind of annoying because he's just like he's like my friends are missing. Yeah. They went into a place I know exactly where they went last night, and then they never came home. And he's like, "Do you know how many people went missing this yeah. week? Thirteen. <clears throat> and he's like, "Maybe they went in that, that house. <laughs> is that unusual to have thirteen people missing this week? <laughs> well, I know where these people went. Yeah. And if you have missing people, uh, maybe it's connected. Maybe it's connected. <laughs> Police work, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny policeman. Uh, but yes." But he is a joke cop, so he's not going to put that stuff together. <laughs> anyway, he finally gives in after being super, super gruff for no reason. And uh, the cop, his partner, and Mark go to the waxworks. Who comes out of the waxworks? Mark and the cop. And the partner disappears until the next time that they go to the waxworks. Yeah. So fucking weird. Wait, didn't the didn't the partner wait outside? He did not. He came he, in with he him? He came in. He was waiting at the door. I thought he was waiting outside on the steps. No, he came in. Okay. Oh, well, maybe he... <clears throat> oh, maybe he waited outside. Maybe they went in and he stayed outside. I think that's what happened, yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's... Well, or perfect. maybe what you maybe. said happened and... Maybe yep. he just disappeared yep. forever. Um, anyway. And he's like, oh, wait, I was supposed to get my neck broke. I'm back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like any of these movies from the 80s, and honestly, it... I see this trope in so many things where they're like, okay, so you claim that there's a serial killer in this room. Okay, come with us and you confront him with the police. Yeah. We'll tell him who you are and where you live. And then you can, yeah. it's like, nobody does this. You don't bring the fucking victim. You don't bring the person to literally walk up to them and identify who is telling the police that they're... Yeah. You're, you're putting his life in danger. Oh, big time. There's so yeah. much. And there but in like, all of these hey, movies. This kid says you're a serial killer. That's true. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. So he says he's not. Let's get out of here. <laughs> okay, uh, could you just tell me where he's gonna be in the next three yeah. hours? <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun gag that we always get in these movies, but yep. it doesn't happen in real life. Uh unlike Unlike wax dioramas Unlike, coming to life and sucking people in, that does happen. In totally life. happens all the time. Uh, that is just a Tuesday around these parts. Mm. So, um, oh Portland, <laughs> Jesus. So he does that. Maybe they were wax people. Maybe <gasps> that explains. That it. explains everything. That explains. You should have melted them. Should have. Yes. Next time I will melt them. <laughs> I will melt all the wax people of Portland. <laughs> there are so many wax people in Portland that need melting. <laughs> Luckily, they can't feel pain. Those screams are lies. <laughs> uh, That's just the wax whistling. <laughs> That's just gas escaping. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so this is the this is that thing with Mark doing the eighties. I'm sick and I need to get Sarah yeah. to come with me. Shtick. Boo. Uh, boo. Anyway, uh, we go back with the cop and he's having flashes of murder victims and he's like, "Wait a minute, murder victims, murder victims." <laughs> we didn't really look around that place, did we? No. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he decides to go back to the waxworks with his partner who has reappeared, and this time he breaks in the back door. Snoops around. 
you know, I feel like he could have just done this without the unbelieving part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they could have just snuck Can I take in. another look? Or, or yeah, you could just knock on the door again? Like, well, sure, but I mean, like, he could have broken in... Like, he could have said, I don't trust these people and broken in. We didn't need all of this, like, denying the call to action. He's not our hero, so fuck yeah. him. You know, like, I don't know why that shit's going on. But he goes and he... This time he goes to one of the exhibits and he sees China laying on the stairs uh, as a waxwork. And he's like, well, the only reasonable thing to do here is to cut a hole in her face. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Cut somewhere else under the clothes. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want to get caught doing this, pull the sleeve up. Yeah, right. Take something off the forearm. Pull the sleeve back down. This was still a cool effect, and I thought it looked Oh, great. it looked fucking yep. cool. And he gathers the... Uh, I like how he he's trying to use the pliers or whatever to, to yeah. put it in the bag, and he can't. And he just... Ah, oh, shit. Just picks up the dead yeah, body yeah. part. <laughs> and also... Uh, so, they did make... They did actually make one wax dummy. They made that one. Yeah. And that looked phenomenal. Yes. Like everything else. Again, effects in this movie are top, top, top notch. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Let's see. Uh, oh, this is where he goes to the Egypt exhibit, right? Oh no! Th- this is we cut back to Mark, who goes up to the attic, uh, in his house, I guess. Yeah. With China, and they open the trunk, and they find not the China, Sarah. Uh, sorry, not China, Sarah. Uh, they they open a trunk. They she finds the book on the Marquis de Sade for some reason, and she's getting real hot and bothered. She gets mm. like. Like feverishly sweaty, she's yeah. <laughs> breaking out in sweat all over, and uh, Mark calls her away because I think we were supposed to assume that she was about to get gumbied into that book. She was going to take a walk through a book there, but she does not. And they find a newspaper with David Warner's photo as a suspect in his grandfather's what? murder. Oh my goodness, he doesn't. He look, has an age. He a has day. an age a day. Perhaps he's a waxwork. He's not. So that <laughs> uh, I thought that would have been a cool reveal, but no, we don't get that. David Warner did not want to go into makeup for that kind of thing, so they had David Warner for two days. <laughs> that sounds just about right. Yeah, gotta love British actors. <laughs> love them. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Uh, a play for my cousin's fourth birthday. Yeah. Okay, thousand dollars. All right. Yep. That's great. You can get Sir Lawrence Olivier. He'll be there. <laughs> Fucking he'll do anything. It's so great. Uh, but anyway, we go back to the cop, and he has stumbled into the ancient Egypt display. And now he is no longer himself, but a person named Nigel. Yes. And uh, he just... And he's helping a doctor, uh, or I mean an archaeologist, looking... Unearthing this mummy tomb. Yeah, he's got he's uh, he's helping out an Egyptologist here, and they're uh, he's like, help me with this lid, and he goes, okay, don't worry, I'll help you push the five thousand pound stone <laughs> lid of the sarcophagus off, and he does. The two of yeah. them just manage it because they're burly as hell, um, and of course, there's a paper in the in the corpse's hands, and he takes it, and he's like. I wonder what this says. Don't open this crypt or the mummy will kill everybody. Uh, I really should have stuck this on the outside. I just feel like... (laughs) Write it on the outside. (laughs) 
Dude, it is. You are closing the barn door after the cows get out. This is silly. Uh, but. Well, and then mummy a different comes, mummy comes alive. Uh, it's, I like the fact that it wasn't the mummy. Yeah. It was like he has a guardian mummy yeah. as opposed to like the fancy prince is like, no, we're not going to send the well, fancy prince out to kill people. I also love that the mummy catches him when they throw him in there. The mummy that isn't the thing. He opens his arms. And it yes. Just, it's just there's something about it that looks so silly when he does it that I love. Adorable. But also then the next time people come and raid this tomb, there are going to be three corpses in there and they're going to be confused and they're not going to find the paper. Yeah. Mm. Waste. What does it matter? He never gets out. It's weird too. In the end of this, during the the final kerfuffle, chaos, you keep seeing his hand trying to get out of that coffin. I didn't notice that. Oh my yeah. god! I clearly wasn't paying very close attention to this movie <laughs> this time. I should have given you the notes. He never gets out of there. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, that's actually really clever. I like that a lot. So, um, oh. Yeah, so throws him and the lady in the crypt and then p- closes the thing on top of them, blah, blah, blah. But we cut now to Patrick McNee playing piano in his wheelchair and Mark and Sarah are telling this guy who we've never met before. We don't know yeah. who he is. How they find this guy? We don't know how <laughs> they know him. There should have been something in the fucking attic with his name on it yeah. or whatever. It should have been like his trunk. Hey, there's a name on this. Oh, it's that guy that we know from X, Y, or Z. We should go visit him. It's really easy to connect yep. those little tissues, but they don't. Uh, and so he wheels himself out, and uh, they tell their story about the haunted waxworks. Halfway through the story, we see the cop's partner decide to go in after him. He puts on his darkest sunglasses <laughs> and his mustardiest sport coat, and he runs in to save the day, and Lurch just snaps his neck. Boop, doop. Oops. And David Warner yells at him, and we get probably the best character moment for David Warner and these people. And the Lurch, yeah, the Lurch. I could have, I could have used a lot more of this. I he, loved this. I'm curious about their origin, like. Sure. Because now Lurch is like, Lurch is like, you're a big boy now, like. We're, well, yes, but have you? Has he always been here? Or are you like his dad or what? I, yeah, I don't know. Because he he yells at... he uh, David Warner yells at the Lurch character and he starts crying. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah. And that little, like, that little exchange was probably better than any other character moment in the entire movie. That... If there is a if there is a weakness of this movie, it is probably character development because yep. we don't know or care who anyone is. And, like, and then when they do do things, like when they're talking to Patrick McNee here, he's just like, he hasn't aged today. Oh, yeah, that's because he sold his soul to the devil. It's like, oh, oh okay. Holy crap. I almost did a spit take. So is there um, just a billion people out there not aging a day that have just sold their soul? Because he says like... It's he super says, easy. It's super easy. I've got all easy. these. I've got half the books here tell you how to do it, and you can just live forever, uh, unless you get shot in the belly by a normal gun. Then, then you're dead. I don't know. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. It's super easy. Yeah. It's great. It's literally just. It's a two-step process. Just <laughs> you read op- the book, sell the soul, poof. Start, start your wax work. Open a giant <laughs> wax work. You just buy a building, open a complete wax museum, build a <laughs> bunch of dioramas, have bring a bunch of them to life, have eight of the most evil souls in the entire world condemned to this wax work, and then feed people to them. And then when they come back to life, then they take over the world. How do they do that? 
we don't know. <laughs> I, I well, love, maybe it's in one of these books. I don't know. What, <laughs> that was something that was not explained at all. Yeah. Where they were like, if even one of them gets out, it would contaminate the world. They would destroy the world. And it's like, motherfucker, I saw you kill a bunch of these things with sticks. Yeah. You know, well, I, don't, that's the, I don't feel like that's, I believe that's that. That's the end stinger. Yeah. Are we to believe that this crawling cousin it hand is going to do anything? I like, think, you know what I would have loved? Post-credit sequence, the hand crawling across a desk. We pan out. We see it's the Oval Office. He flips open the little box, hits the button, and then all the nukes go up. That would have been brilliant. (laughs) It's like, oh, hey. Oh, he did did figure out a way to destroy the world. Good job. Brilliant. But, yeah. Other than the outside of literally the hand infiltrating wherever, finding the nuclear football... Entering the codes and then finding another hand to turn both keys and then (laughs) (laughs) blow the whole thing up. I don't really see how he's going to do it. Exactly. But but we are told that he will. So uh, we get... uh, Patrick McNeese says some, like, preposterously insane numerology bullshit here where he's like... 18 of the evilest souls. Divide that by six. There's three whatevers. Yeah. Six of this. There's six of that. Then there's six of something else. (laughs) That's six, six, six. You see how freaking evil that shit is? It's like, why? I don't know, because of some misinterpreted passage from the Bible? Yeah. Oh, cool. (laughs) Got it. That's what's going on. They got 18 wax exhibits, and they need a victim for each one. And since 18's divided... By six, six. Yep. There's three sixes and eighteen. Yep. So, so that's devil. That <laughs> eighteen is the evilest number, as it turns out, because it's divisible by three into six. <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> sorry, I was just looking at my notes. And it was talking about how casual the fucking the line about sell your soul. It's <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, okay. So. When they leave, he he mentions that they should go in and burn the waxwork. Yes. And when they leave, he picks up the phone and calls. And we get what I think is probably a red herring here of him saying something. It's it started or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which to me meant made me think that he was in on it and he oh. was luring them. But no, to, he, he was calling but his he buddies. Was calling his buddies. Of which them. he's got hundreds hundreds of very very <laughs> old men very old men some of whom have known about this moment when they need to protect us all from the end of the world and they showed up with baseball bats <laughs> and those people are idiots <laughs> i'm like dude you've had your entire old ass life to buy a shotgun yeah Buy a machine gun to buy a hand grenade. Or some explosives. What, what are you yeah, that's what I was doing? Say. <laughs> Don't even go in. I've got my cane. <laughs> I'm gonna whack somebody. At least Patrick McNee thought ahead and Get built a, a combat wheelchair, wheelchair. <laughs> out of cardboard, <laughs> uh, which is fun. Okay, so 
Uh, Mark and Sarah smash a window with the waxworks and sneak in under the cover of darkness. There's a wax dummy scare, and then they find the lights, and they're in the I do like that. severed I love the headroom. Sh- I, I love, love the it. severed headroom. Oh, super cool. Uh, I love the severed headroom. Uh, I actually liked the scare. It was very yeah. uh, uh, tourist trap. I liked it. Um, so they need to burn all of the victimless displays. <laughs> yes. Is what they say. And it's like, why not just burn everything? Burn everything. And this cracks me up that his his accelerant he brought is just lighter fluid. Like, the tiniest cans of lighter tiny, fluid. Tiny. Tiny. Like, boop, 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 boop. Dude. <laughs> Grab some gas tanks. What is your fucking <laughs> yeah. problem? <laughs> like, you couldn't have bought Sterno. You couldn't have bought something you could throw into it yeah. and just walk away. Or make a six-pack of Molotovs, like... You're literally spraying so freaking unprepared. bottle of Zippo you'd buy at the newsstand. <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. Guys, this is why they almost lose. Mm-hmm. Is because they are not ready for this. Um, and so uh, Sarah's way too into the Marquis Desaad to continue with the burning, so she just walks in. And then Mark, someone sneaks up behind Mark and pushes him into a different one. So Mark gets pushed into the Night of the Living Dead display. Which is cool, but I find this weird that it goes to black and white. Because, I mean, I get what they're doing, but at the same time, it's... I don't know, it's... Maybe I, maybe I don't have a problem with it. I, I just I, It just seems weird to me. Because even in the black and white movie, the people aren't actually black and white. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, it's true. I And then when the hand comes back out from that world, that's not in black and white. Which, like, that's... Actually, that's my only... That's my only pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Is that when it comes back, he should have been in color in the, the black and white black world. And, white. and the hand should have yeah. been black and white when it came back out. Like, the idea that just because it is Night of the Living Dead, that that reality exists in black and white because that's how it was crafted. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, but for that, Frankenstein was not black and white either. And, like, there's a bunch of stuff. And it's like, I mean, he wasn't the Universal Monsters version. So I guess there's that. I don't know. Either way, I think it's cool. And it was cool. And it was also a trope of the late 80s to do that thing. It was. Uh, We got... uh, Remote control remote control you've got um 976 evil 2 does the every time you hear a bell a zombie oh, takes yep. a soul to hell <laughs> because she's watching uh it's a wonderful life that's right and it turns into a zombie movie yeah. which is so good watch our episode on 976 evil 2 gosh like that our, was a long that time was like ago. our second episode yeah <laughs> something like that uh anyway so let's see uh, this has that genius bit of work with the hand, and the zombies look amazing. The main zombie is really demony. He looks like the de- the main demons zombie. Yep, which I really liked, or I guess zombie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Mark eventually fights the hand and impales it on the fence, and he and. Plot-wise, I wasn't a huge fan of this. I'm not a huge fan of like, where all of a sudden he's just like, wait a minute, you guys aren't real. Yeah. So if I don't get afraid of you, you can't hurt me. Like, stop. It was a real <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like the thing that I hated about Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, the one thing that kind of ruined Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. No, not ruined. That would be... That is a massive that's a, that's a bold that is way. <laughs> that is way too far. That's seriously maybe my favorite movie of all time. But it's... The thing that I hate the most about Nightmare on Elm Street is the, 
I don't believe in you. Mm. You're nothing. I take back all my energy from you. Ah. This means nothing. <laughs> uh, but he does the same thing. He's like, if I don't believe it, in you, then I can walk out of here. But where did that come from? Like that. I, he exactly. should have just been like, oh, you can just leave? Peace. Boop. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, there's probably a way that they could have played that a little better with the hand where it's like, this is unreal and this is impossible. Yeah. So I know that if this thing is impossible to exist, then I don't believe in it. And yeah. then it's like, if I don't believe in it, then it can't hurt me. Or if they played that, or if they played it up for a laugh, like, um, where he was just like, I don't believe in you, so you can't hurt me. And then one of them bites his wrist and he's like, ow, ow, fuck, fuck. <laughs> well, yes, but then he... By the rules, he would turn into a zombie before yeah. he left, and he would be condemned. Oh, then one of the zombies should throw a rock at him. Yes, exactly. There, there you go. <laughs> Ow! I don't believe in you. You can't hurt me. Ow! Fuck, I'm out of here. Okay, that would have been fucking yes. awesome, to be honest. Um, but, okay, so... The, <laughs> but it would ruin this next part where he saves her from yep. the Marquis de Sade. Uh, okay, so... We're, it's it establishes that if you don't believe in the barrier, then the barrier can't stop you. So, um, uh, the minions are all waiting for him when he jumps into the Marquis de Sade display, and uh, he uh, he beats up a guard. Yep. So he was like, I think did he he saw that they were out there, right? Like he saw that David Warner and the two guys were outside waiting for them. I can't before recall. this, I I feel that's, like that's that's after they come back out from the marquee. Oh, maybe so that's it. Yeah. So either way, he gets out of this, goes into the marquee world, to save, takes on the guard. Yeah, and easily beats up this trained soldier. Yep. Again, probably malnourished and dying of syphilis. Uh, but <laughs> all of the healthy soldiers were sent out to fight the Seven Years' War at this point. I think so. Uh, the prince decides that he would rather see Sarah die. Then have sex with her, probably yeah. due to the syphilis thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and we sorry, just get this whole sorry ancient French people. We just get this whole beat yeah. down whip scene that yeah. just I I feel doesn't work. It's just not no fun. Like it's not badly shot or done. No, no, it's no. just unpleasant in a movie that's just been a lot of fun laughs up to here. Like this it scene is, is just it's, too. Well, it's a, it's a bizarre psychosexual drama that's like it's it's so out of place in something yeah. like this. It doesn't it doesn't earn this kind of gravity in their relationship, especially because the two of them aren't in a relationship. Yeah, like there, there's a moment when the Marquis de Sade is like says some dumb line about about her first orgasm on my whip and yep. instead of with you, and it's like. Yeah, because they dude, weren't dating. I haven't even <laughs> like we we've known each other two weeks or whatever. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Like we're not in a relationship. I <laughs> I don't know why this is supposed to be a thing. Like if it had actually been his girlfriend, mm -hmm. it would have made sense. Yeah. If it had been China, like if they just reversed those roles, yep, that might have made sense. But I don't know. Whatever. Either way, I just I personally just hate the whole Marquis Bassad yep. angle in this movie. Yep, not a, not a fan of that. But either. there's so much other cool shit in this movie that I'll just so overlook much this scene. cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Mark explains. He gets in there and he's like, 
they can't hurt anyone unless your mind lets them hurt you. So you're convincing yourself of their ability because while they're in there, they're just figments of your imagination. So he hands, he's got a flintlock that he took from the, from the guard and he hands it to the Marquis de Sade and is like, see, go ahead, shoot me. And he shoots him, goes right through him, doesn't hurt him. And he's like, they still just let him unchain the girl and take her out. Like, which is kind of odd. Yeah, even though she seems to she, still be believing still be in hurt. this reality. Yeah. yeah, she seems to still be but together. they're just like, all right, bye. It's like, <laughs> I'll see you again. And I guess it's true. Uh, so there's a, <laughs> there's a big music swell as they take off into the real world, which is really funny. Because uh, it, it wasn't really deserved. Like, there was no... Th- this wasn't really a triumphant moment. Yeah. Uh, but either way... Um, Oh, that's right. They get, they come out and then the- This the, is where they get caught yeah, by. the, the minions grab yep. them and then just drag them off stage, essentially. Yep. So that two new so dumbasses- So two random ass people could just show up here to, to complete the yep. 18666 thing instead of just, I don't know, <laughs> maybe having more characters that we knew to play with? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Weird choice. I mean, I to me- uh, the ending would have been after if you really want to establish that David Warner is evil, mm-hmm. he would have kicked his two friends into one of the displays. He would have been like, yeah, he would have been, you know, he would have chained the two people. He would have chained Zach Galligan and what's her name up to chairs. Yep. And then he would have been like, well, what are we going to do? Push and then shove the two of them into the things. And then instantly they show up as corpses in some display. Oh, that would work nice. And it's yeah. like, oh, wow, he really is evil. Is Even the, even the people that he's pretending to care about, yep. he's willing to sacrifice them because he loves Satan that much. He just loves and Satan. he can't wait to do big bad things. I can't wait to do whatever it is that I'm doing. Like, he I, gets called on it, too. He's like, why do you want to end the world? Well, somebody has to. Why? <laughs> they just do That's not. They not do not. a very no, good answer. <laughs> they, do not, they do not follow through with this Satan thing very much. I will, I will quote the tick this and say but that's where i keep all my stuff (laughs) why would you want to end the world that's where i keep all my stuff (laughs) anyway um we get a good old-fashioned museum brawl here so we've let loose all of the monsters on the world yep but just in the nick of time the doors fly open and here comes patrick mcnee and the oldsters (laughs) And he's driving his combat wheelchair that's spray-painted camouflage. It's so absurd. It's <laughs> it's so lovely absurd. If like, if like a Shriner had joined the death race, uh, it's kind of like that. It's like a little tiny car. It looks yep. like it looks like the Batmobile that Danny DeVito was driving when he was controlling the Batmobile, the little fake oh, toy yep, one that yep, he was yep, driving. Yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's very funny and a bunch of old people come and we get monsters versus old, old dudes from world war two. This is nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, is totally nuts. It is. They have bedlam. filled the scene with yes. straight up bedlam. Every creature. There's an alien. There's a, a pod people. There's a there's little a, shop of horror thing. There's, there's an Audrey too. There's a fucking, it's a live baby. Yeah. There's a Jarvis baby running around yep. on the floor. <laughs> 
and they shoot it in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. Dracula shows up and he's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Turns into a bat, starts flying Some, for half oh. a second. An old man catches him and just shoots him point blank with a revolver. That was the best kill yeah. in the entire movie. <laughs> I've never seen that before. And that was like, yeah. that moment, I was like, God damn it. That would have been enough to end, like, if someone had ended a vampire movie with that, that would have been a killer ending to something. Yep. And that's just a throwaway, throwaway for this gag movie. Here. For this movie, that's just filler. And for any other movie, that would have been your big denouement for yep. killing off the big bad. And this was just like, oh, look, boop. This is a funny. And, funny. and here's how we're going to kill the next one. And yep. just on and on and on, killing monsters so many monsters getting killed great they never really show how frankenstein gets it because they don't show how lurch gets it either do they the little yes they do they do oh i missed that the little guy gets thrown into the plant he gets fed to audrey too uh but yeah he gets shot lurch gets shot uh after killing the butler he kills lurch kills uh Jeeves or Jenkins or whatever his name is. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he, Jenkins shows up. The butler from Zach's butler from the yes. beginning. Yep. And that's why he knows because he's part of the secret society yes. of old people who this fight gigan- monsters. Gigantic secret society of old people. There's like fifty oldies here. This isn't like the three man crew from uh Warlock too. It's so crazy. Yeah, this is such a such an <laughs> insane moment. But okay. Uh, yeah, Jenkins gets stabbed by the tall guy, and it's like this very unearned emotional beat that's like, oh no, no not I'll Jenkins. save you, Jenkins. He delivered we- a cigarette once. <laughs> oh man. We like him because he lit a cigarette one yeah. time. It's like, I, <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, they shoot the demon baby, shooting the Dracula bat, and then unlicensed Audrey 2, all that stuff. Just fucking <laughs> amazing. Uh, the Marquis challenges Mark to a duel. And that's the part that I really thought yep. absolutely should have had some sort of reference to. I'm a spoiled rich kid. Of course I know how to fucking fence. Yeah. I have like six gold medals. I really like this should have been an uh, an Diego Montoya also, moment. Also, I just wish we had a better final villain monster than Marquis de Sade. Because I just don't like the character at and all. It, and ever. He, didn't, <laughs> he did not deserve to be the character and either. Yeah. Why don't we have a cool monster that he's battling right here? Or we just have this cocky... Douchebag. Yeah, yeah, why? I agree. And also, just the fact that David Warner basically gets offed super weak. Uh, and also, yeah. yeah, there's a lot about it. So, whatever. Uh, they have a duel. He, uh, The Marquis gets gets Mark down on the ground, and you've got David Warner up in the, up in the nosebleed section watching this whole thing. After... Huh, hmm. So... The two of them smash through the, uh, the <laughs> what do you call it? The railing yeah. at the top and then fall down and he's got him pinned. David Warner's up there. He gives the Playing thumbs the down. the gladiator kind yep. of thing. Yeah. So he's like, I will kill him. Uh, but then Patrick McNee comes in, shoots the, shoots the marquee. Yep. So he's dead. But then David Warner grabs a machine gun falls through the same railing that had just broken off. It has now been built back up. He now breaks it yet again and then falls down. And instead of rolling into onto the floor like they did when they broke through the thing, he takes a real dive. He had to literally jump because the two of them, when they fell, they fell 
three feet clear of the tub of wax. Yep. So he had to be being melodramatic about this. He was like, <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm going to die, I might as well jump into the wax. I mean, this is, I know wax works. Come on. I'm, this is, this I'm is where the that's got to hurt line would have been. That's got to, I mean, because it does have to hurt. Yeah. That's hot he's wax. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and uh, so he's dead, blah, blah, blah. Um, we get, uh, oh, the werewolf pulls off Patrick McVie's head here, which was a kind oh, of a yeah. fun shot. Uh, and then they we're just cramming every little oh, thing they can in so fast it's here. So crazy. And then we get outside after they after they escape. We we see the house burning and it's a really fun. There's it's there's such two a bad house effect. The so, first one's so hokey. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I liked the video effect version where they had the fake flames on the real house. Yeah. And then I liked the HO scale version as well. Like. Everything about this... It looked like they took a picture of the house, yeah. cut out the windows, and then placed that in front of a campfire, and then just filmed that. So you see, like, the, the full-size flames of a campfire, like, it in was, a tiny window. It was very strange. Yeah. The stuff that was coming out of the windows was really weird. I do not know what they were doing in that. Like, yeah. the overlay effect was super strange. But then when you cut to the HO scale house, it was, like... Yeah, I like so, that. So, so pretty. <laughs> uh, and then... It collapses, whatever. We see all of the rubble and remains, and the little hand runs out, and that's our stinger, is that, oh, that the thing is I alive. want that White House postscript now <laughs> so bad. That's such a great idea. Yeah, but unfortunately, instead, uh, we cut to credits, and it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to, starts playing. Very odd choice. Because the late 80s were obsessed with 50s music yeah, for man. reasons it's unknown. True. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's just because that's the, like, there's a certain era of nostalgia that always seems to, like, pick up. And that seemed to be the 50s because, like, the 90s then became the 60s. You got, like, the doors playing and everything. And, yeah. You know, like, strange days and that kind of shit. And then the 70s would then come later in the 2000s. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was obsessed with 70s music in high school right around. And the, eight, the yep. 80s became kind of a big thing in the 2010s. And yep. oh, the well. 90s are now a thing. I so. remember going dancing at 80s night at Asylum all the time. And now there's a 90s night, $2 probably. $2 well drinks. Jesus. Two dollars. Okay. We're talking back in what? 2003 here, I think. That's nuts. <laughs> when uh, you want to hear, I mean, I might have even said my old man story. When I moved to Portland, this is the oldest thing I can think of to say. You could go to Anthony's Pizza and get two slices and two cans of soda for two fucking dollars. Damn. When I moved to Portland. Yep. That is bonkers they had to be losing money on that i think i can't imagine how they did that even in the 90s yeah. how the hell you could do that but that was a real thing that you could do and it was a buck to go to the nickelodeon oh i remember the buck nickelodeon yeah nickelodeon there was also a time when the dollar nickelodeon you could also get one of those like family-sized bag of pull and peel twizzlers for a dollar mm -hmm. from them mm -hmm. so it was like You'd for two bucks you'd get enough candy to literally kill three people, and just eat the whole thing while you were sitting there. And you get to see a movie. And you got to see a movie, which was the best. Mm. And they were all second run garbage movies, but I loved them anyway. Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, it's just further proof that the the world we're living in is trash. Yeah. You Let's know what? I think I should sell my soul to Satan and um and stop it. 
That's a great idea. Let's do it together. Let's hit the library. <laughs> Half the books there, like, tell you just how to do it. Oh, we've got a bunch of books here that tell you how to sell your soul to the devil. Oh, we have a book, bunch of books here. Where are we? At Coast City Comics. Uh, <laughs> if you go to our website and search Sell Your Soul to the Devil, uh, all sorts of books will come up. Uh, there's a book called Dark Ride. There's some Hellraiser books. There's all sorts of stuff. Just do it and uh, buy it from And us. we have a, ri- a wide array of satanic shirts here as well. Which, so true. Which led to a humorous moment uh, moment the other day when I asked you, if we do we need any more Satan shirts up front? <laughs> I said, which ones? Which ones? <laughs> uh, because we literally which have... Which one of our 12 Satan designs do we need? Probably 12 different designs that relate to Satan in some way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so buy a shirt from us. Buy some other stuff. Uh, listen to my squeaky chair some more. Uh, Go on to iTunes and rate and review us. Yeah, do all that stuff. Rate and review us anywhere you can. Yeah, because we're apparently everywhere. And and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, send it's us, Coast City send Comics us, Maine. Send us letters to our house so we can be pen pals. You know what? Do send us messages. Uh, I get messages occasionally for the podcast, and it's really cool. But I'm I'm super stoked anytime somebody sends me a message and wants to talk about something from the podcast. Some people have said that they were like weird about about sending messages they were like oh, i wanted to mention something but i thought it was weird and it's like no i'm always stoked to talk to people yeah. about <clears throat> horror movies it's not there's a reason we do this it's because i don't get a chance i'm talking about comics all day long and what i really want to be talking about is horror movies <laughs> but i still love comics but uh definitely i want to be talking about horror movies all the time so do that coastcitycomics.com and send us messages to our Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and like I said, rate and review us. We really appreciate it. It helps us get out there a little bit more. Hey. And check out the videos and tell us how we could do them better if you know. Because help, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> between between Matt and I, who both went to fucking school for film. Matt, who literally works a job <laughs> every day. That is in the industry of media. <laughs> we still don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> uh, to be fair, you did have information that was absolutely pertinent to me getting the pod to me getting the videos up in full definition. Oh, nice. Without without having them get all shitty. So perfect. You know what? You had you do have information. I'm helping. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week with probably Waxwork 2. Yeah, let's do Waxwork 2. Because I fucking love that movie, too. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Woo. All right. Good night, everybody. 